This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll-free, bring up whatever you want. 855-453 is the toll-free number. That is brought to you, by the way, by SACL CAI. That number, 855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Bradley. And Mark. All right. Uh, Brad Jardis with us. Long time, uh, one time New Hampshire law enforcement officer. And uh, good to have you back here, Brad. You're with us every other week. So yeah, thank you very much. We've got some big news uh, to announce to start the show out tonight. We had the NJ Weed Man on last night as a special guest. Uh, as the jury was preparing to deliberate today, there was closing statements this morning uh, in his trial, which was uh, which he was facing, I believe, a felony count of distribution of marijuana. And they found him with a certain amount of marijuana. It wasn't bagged in different bags, but it was a, a certain over a certain amount. And so, therefore, they, uh, by default, hit you with a distribution charge. It, it wasn't as if he actually distributed it. It's just because he had so much of it. Right. They didn't have any evidence of him making a sale, but they did have him with some cannabis. It wasn't even that much. I mean, what was it? Forty More than 40 grams. Uh, he said if it's over 50, I think. 50 that grams? It's, uh, that it's a felony. Yeah, it's not that much. 50 grams. So... Uh, so, again, we had him on last night. You can go to our guests page, guests.freetalklive.com. You can see his uh, his interview there. It's also over at SoundCloud uh, as well at our Free Talk Live SoundCloud page. So you can play that, play that back if you'd like. But I wanted to give you the good news, and that is that he was found not guilty. That's really great. That's awesome. Uh, which is huge news because the last time he had a trial... He was it was a it was a hung jury. It was a seven five decision. The state decided to come after him a second time, even though the judge said in his uh, assessment of the case that the judge did not believe that the verdict would be any different this time around. So the judge didn't actually think that they could get a conviction. The judge predicted it would be another hung jury. In point of fact, it was twelve jurors who decided to find this man not guilty this time. Uh, around, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that's um, you know, shocking behavior. Oops, sorry. <laughs> what was that? I think uh, CBS News was playing in the background. <laughs> ABC News actually is what it was. I was trying to give the guy a little bit of applause because that was uh, that's incredible, and it's right on the heels of very similar news coming out of New Hampshire. It was just about a month ago. When we got the news that a Rastafarian, and I believe that uh, New- N.J. Weedman is also a Rastafarian, because uh, he did make mention of uh, being a Rastafarian, I think, briefly. But a uh, Rastafarian guy here in New Hampshire was also found not guilty there by a jury. There was one out of Kansas uh, a couple of months ago, too. Was it a jury nullification? I don't know. There's a jury nullification. They found them not guilty. Uh, they said that- I consider that a jury nullification. I mean, if, if, yeah. if all the evidence is, if you've been arrested for marijuana possession and the evidence is that you had the marijuana in your possession, then that's, you know, by the law should be found guilty. If the jury instead finds someone not guilty, that's jury nullification. If all the facts in the case point to this person broke the law or the statute on the book, uh, or on the books, and then the jury finds them not guilty, that's jury nullification, right? From watching these things from afar, it really seems to me that the um, the theory of jury nullification and the uh, practical application of it is starting to increase. Um, it's it's almost hitting terminal velocity. Um, a few years ago, trying to get a, a jury to, you know, people to take the flyers uh, or people to pay attention to what their rights are as jurors, mm-hmm. um, there wasn't very much 
very many uh, successes. But if you look now, they're happening here, happening in New Jersey. They're centered around prohibition. And if you study alcohol prohibition, it was uh, verdicts such as these that forced the hands of the policymakers to change the law. Absolutely. Because jurors were just saying this law is wrong. And some people have been skeptical of jury nullification, saying that, oh, you know, a jury nullification case doesn't mean anything in the long run. It won't change anything. But I, I agree with you, Brad, that if, if enough of them happen, then eventually the prosecutors may just decide, you know what, maybe we should focus our efforts somewhere else. And maybe the, the legislators will decide, okay, this might be an indicator that it's time to change the law. Reprosecuting this fellow has nothing to do with uh, anything other than the state has to assert itself. Right. You know, this is the law. You're not going to break it. And if you do, you're not going to get away with it. And even though this probably costs them upwards of fifty dollars to $100,000, if you think about all the time that's gone into this, it's been a complete and utter waste of people's money. Absolutely. To prosecute this guy who's harmed no and one. And thank goodness he got a not guilty this time because as long as you keep getting hung juries, they can keep bringing it back for prosecution. There's no limit to the amount of times that they can bring that case again and again and again until the jury finally brings back a not guilty. So it took him two tries, but uh, they, they finally came back with the right verdict. Well, I'm glad that it's happening. I don't think we're any closer to legalized marijuana as a result, but I think it's a good thing. Well, I, I think we're closer. I think that every jury think nullification, yeah. I think, yeah. Can you give I me think, a timeline? Well, there's it, never a timeline, but every jury nullification case is one step closer to something actually changing. I don't know that it has anything. One thing has anything to do with another. It's I mean, an there were indicator. No, there were no jury nullification cases in Ann Arbor when they dropped marijuana down to a $25 fine. There were no jury nullification cases in um, Massachusetts when they dropped uh, marijuana down to a civil fine. How do fine. you know? There are no, because we're not hearing about them. That doesn't them. mean We've been anything. doing this radio program for uh, 10 that years. That doesn't mean anything. the biggest anything. issue that you've got is pot. And you can believe that if that if a jury nullification was going I on don't in agree. pot in your... In, NJ in, Weedman, we heard about the case in New Hampshire because we're here. The NJ Weedman case is a huge profile case. If the average uh, drug user is given a not guilty in some court in Kansas, we're not necessarily going to hear about it. I heard about it. I mean, it said right here. I've got the, the story here if you want to read it. What it's story? from Reason Magazine from uh, August the 14th. It says, uh, this is from a defense attorney. He says, I had a jury trial this morning on level three possession with intent, MJ, level four possession drug paraphernalia, and level 10 no drug tax stamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, during voir dire, my almost white, all white, middle-aged, uh, middle-class right, They couldn't even see the jury on that case. Went into full um, rebellion against the yeah. prosecutor, stating that they wouldn't convict we even talked the about clients. That. To, right. I mean, yeah, we talked about that. You know, there's, there's some things uh, lining up, but I, we never read a story like this I mean, this how before. can you just blow off this, Mark, as though I this just is don't think it means... I mean, I didn't say it is meaningless. I said I don't think that it necessarily has anything to do with making marijuana legal. It's, it's like lighting the fuse, in my view. Like, this is how... The the legislators and the law enforcement lobby and the corporate lobbies have been able to keep a lock on the drug war for, for a long time. And there's no way that people like the three of us can ever come up with enough money to compete with the the people who keep these policies in effect. But the weak link has always been the jury. And now that these these things are starting to add up where there's one jury, two juries, yep. three juries, this you know, this has got to be used every single time we go to Concord to try or where you go to your state house where you live. Uh, these they things don't. need to be brought up. 
<laughs> chances are good people aren't going to the state house where they live. Chances are good they're not going to um, pick up and do anything. And you know, true. a jury nullification case is it is what it is sitting out on its own. It's nice to be able to go in New Hampshire, and I think that we're going to have some success if people keep on pounding it. But in this this state has shown itself to be relatively conservative, at least that's governor um, on this particular issue. And you know, maybe with the new governor, we'll we'll see some kind of move forward. But I wonder whether marijuana legaliz- marijuana medical marijuana legalization is even a step forward when it comes to uh, morality around marijuana. In California, you see medical marijuana being it, it's essentially marijuana is legal in California. Mm-hmm. It's pretty close. In but mass. the rest of the states, these uh, laws that uh, surround medical marijuana, they haven't changed anything except patients being able to get uh, get marijuana as far as i'm concerned this relatively harmless plant should be not legal but you know left alone by the government i don't know how jury nullification is going to change that or not just to correct something you said in massachusetts it effectively is legal because there was a citizens uh, uh, ballot initiative to change the the punishment for possession of marijuana from a crime to a $100 fine. Which is unenforceable. Which is completely unenforceable. So in Massachusetts, if you get caught, I mean, you could legally give the police a fake name. According to the <laughs> according to the Massachusetts chiefs of police who wrote a paper on this, if, if someone gives an officer a they fake can steal name, your weed, they can take your weed and give you yeah. a little ticket for Donald Duck or whatever you say your name is, but they can't do anything about it. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. All of these things are important. Uh, things are moving in the right direction when it comes to cannabis, at least at a state level. Certainly the feds, things aren't getting better there. 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But there's some interesting points about the NJ Weedman case that should be brought up. We'll do that in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Bitcoins are a great idea, but you can't actually buy anything with them. Pish posh. Go to btcbuy.info. You can buy whatever you want from Amazon, including gift cards, Newegg, ThinkGeek, Barnes & Noble, and Sears. Use your digital currency for what it was made for, buying things. You can refill your phone credits. They're as anonymous as it gets. Orders are processed fast, and FTL gets a cut. There's even a video to show you how it works. btcbuy.info. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll-free, bring up anything you want at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we give to you there. Once again, freetalklive.com, and the features include the webcam. You can watch, you can listen, and you can chat because the chat room is built into the same page. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. It's all free. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we all have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. I get it. All right, so 855-453, uh, once again, the toll-free number here. We've got more on the Weed Man story, but your thoughts are coming first. Let's go to Brian, listening in Indy. 
Brian, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How you guys doing tonight? Just great. What's on your mind, Brian? Um, uh, yeah, last night after listening to your weed man argument and also uh, listening to your guys' conversation today about the possibilities of uh, full-fledged legalization of marijuana, there's actually three states that have it. Uh, they're voting on it in November this year. Colorado is well, one of them. even medical, full-fledged legalization. I know Colorado is one. What are the other two? Yeah, Colorado has Amendment 64. Um, Oregon has uh, Measure 80. And Washington State has uh, Initiative 502. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, all those have uh, uh, various you know, pluses and minuses to them. Colorado's probably the one that they think is most likely going to go through. They're, Oregon's got a pretty good chance. Uh, Washington does too, but there's a uh, DUID uh, part where you're driving under the influence of drugs part that some of the marijuana users aren't happy with. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're they're kind of bickering, so they don't know if that one will pass or not. Is that one of those laws where yeah, if you had any amount of uh, THC in your bloodstream, even if you uh, consumed cannabis 20 days ago, that you could be convicted of driving while intoxicated? Well, it was uh, – I don't want to – I'm not reading it right now, but it was like a point zero five something or other nanoliters, something to that effect where the average uh, user probably wouldn't get busted, but your really heavy medicinal users would – or have the potential of it, mm-hmm. and right now their uh, medical marijuana law there doesn't have that provision. So some of the, mer- the medical patients kind of think that they're signing their own death warrant if they do that. Yeah, it's, but th- I don't think so. As I understand it, there is a test out there that allows police officers to uh, to discern whether or not somebody is on marijuana. It's just very expensive. Now, of course, if it gets used more and bought more, it will be less expensive, but at this point it's expensive. And so if they want to find out if uh, somebody's uh, smoking marijuana and driving, I I just don't, I don't think America has the stomach for a bunch of stone drivers. I mean, all the... It's uh, already happening, just to let you know. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. But but marijuana-impaired drivers are nowhere near as dangerous as alcohol-impaired drivers. All the studies show that, but I just don't think people have the stomach for it. They do have the test, so that can even alleviate some of the people who do have the fears. And that was like they're, you know, they always say something stupid like, well, all the people that are driving, or what if your doctor smoked pot, or what if the pilot smoked pot? Well, you know what they do. <laughs> I've known you doctors, know, and let's see, have I known any pilots? I don't know. Maybe there certainly are pilots who smoke <laughs> cannabis. Uh, anyway, not necessarily well, that they're smoking it on the job, though. Of course, of course, that's a d- totally different situation right. uh, for a lot of folks. Brian, thanks for sharing that. Anything else on your mind tonight? Thank you. Um, well, also, there's uh, some other good aspects, too. I know Mark was talking about the California earlier, but did you know in Oregon and Washington, you can have up to 24 ounces right now? Sweet. Legally, as a medical patient, that's a pound and a half. That's wow. a lot of weed. That is a hey, lot of weed. Thanks for yeah, the call tonight, Brian. I appreciate hearing from you, and, and good luck to uh, those different states. Uh, so it was Colorado, Washington, and Oregon, was it, I believe? Yeah, I mean, those are provisions that the uh, the, the general public are going to get to vote on, and I think that's great. But here in New Hampshire, we get a, 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 drug le- a marijuana legalization bill every two years, like clockwork. I mean, yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't pan out? It's neither have well, those. It hasn't panned out yet, but I, I and mark my words here. Uh, I think that on January first, twenty fourteen, we're going to have medical marijuana here in New Hampshire. Man, I hope so, and I hope it's not some wimpy uh, medical That's marijuana. The problem. 
which is what uh, it has been all this time, where people just bring up the most watered-down possible legislation. It seems like they're starting with watered-down legislation. Why not start with the most, you know, principled le- legislation and then princi- let it be watered principally down. principally let uh, just mer- medical patients use marijuana? How do you principally do that? You create an affirmative defense that someone can argue when they go to court. If the, if they're using med- uh, marijuana for a uh, medical a medical reason, right. it, it'll be their job to uh, prove it. One what? thing you don't do is create a ridiculous distribution scheme operated right. by the state. <laughs> I yes. agree with you on that. Yes. So 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's go to Steve. He's in Connecticut. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Brad, and Mark. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hey, Steve. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, I'm calling because uh, I'm a little bit concerned in regards to some... Uh, my my buddy in Connecticut had his all of his firearms seized um, without any actual justification warrant anything in that nature by the by the police mm. uh he was not arrested nothing um and he cannot get him back nor can he even he's trying to appeal it and they're not even giving him uh, an opportunity to go to court have we talked him. about this before i feel like it's, it sounds like a familiar case is he former military uh no he's not so they just came and took his guns huh uh, basically, uh, he was involved in a sportsman, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a sportsman, uh, competition, which mm-hmm. he won. Um, like and, a shooting, was it a shooting competition? Yes. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, he, you know, very active as far as hunting and everything goes. And apparently after that took place, him as well as two other members who were involved in that, uh, had a knock on their door answered it, and he uh, was basically confronted with five cops standing there saying, you know, we uh, know that you have firearms in your home, and we are here to take them away. Whoa. And he, and he said, uh, you have a warrant for that because you legally don't have any grounds. And they said, we don't need a warrant. <laughs> and they just pushed their way in. And oh, my, my buddy, he's a, he's a big guy. He's like six, seven. What, what was the uh, what was the sport shooting event that um, uh, it was uh, track and skeet shooting? It was track and skeet. Hmm. Yeah. Did, did he beat some cops in the shooting competition, and they were just jealous? Was he doing it on private property, out of his car? I mean, for the cops to do that, I mean, there's got to be something more to the story. I, I mean, I, I that's that's what's puzzling to me. I mean, uh, it was at a gun club where his his. And you're saying it wasn't just him. You're saying they actually came after other people in the same shooting competition? Um, apparently two other people who were in that competition. Stand by, Steve. I'd like to bring you back continue the discussion here, if you don't mind. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Mistake number one, answering the door for the police. You can... <laughs> Bring up what you want here, though, 855-450-FREE. And if you've got any thoughts, you're welcome to share them on whatever's on your mind. Take control. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us online, freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. The bulletin board system is one of those, bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. You can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. Plus, show prep is posted there as well in the show prep section of the forums. Uh, once again, bbs.freetalklive.com. Uh, more on the way about the NJ Weedman case. Some interesting uh, details about that that are worth sharing. But first, we go back to Steve in Connecticut. Steve, you're saying that you have a friend who was competing in a shooting competition. He won the competition. And uh, then it wasn't long thereafter that the police showed up at his house, uh, muscled their way in through his front door, and took all no of his warrant. firearms. Uh, they did not bother showing any sort of a warrant. Uh, no criminal charges were fi- filed either, correct? Do we have Steve in Connecticut? Steve? Steve. Yes, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. So no uh, I, uh, no charges yeah, no, filed? Uh, no no charges filed, no arrests, uh, nothing like that. Um, wow. And to be honest, it's, it's, I mean, I don't know if it's because his guns happen to be bigger than theirs or or what it is, but it's it's rather alarming. Cause, <laughs> There's got to be uh, something more to it, because, I mean, if the police just randomly showed up at someone's house and barged in and took their stuff, I mean, we're, we're, their firearms, we're talking about a multi-million dollar uh, lawsuit. I mean, yeah, got, it's presuming you know a lawyer who's willing to take that case. That is true. People um, that win skeet competitions generally are people that can afford lawyers. Um, I mean, we're okay. not talking about stickball here. All right, yeah. so that's fine. Now, has he done anything? When when did this happen? Uh, this must have happened about a week and a half ago. Were the police officers wearing uniforms at the time? Uh, they were wearing uniforms, yes. Um, unfortunately, as you said, he, he shouldn't have opened his door. He should have made them kick it in since they didn't have a warrant. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he didn't do that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they basically said, we know you have firearms here, and we are here to take them. Was he able to identify um, the officers? Uh, he did take all the officers' names down and their badge numbers. Um, and right now, I guess he's in the process of, uh, he's already spent like $2,000 on lawyers Ugh. trying to, you know, Damn. file whatever they can do to try and you know, get his case heard so that he can get his firearms back. Man, I sure hope that works out. Will you let us know what happens, Steve? Because that's an outrageous case. Yeah. So I just wanted to let you guys know, since you guys have a pretty, pretty big following, um, and I'll thank you guys for your time. Thanks for the call. Definitely keep us in the loop, and I appreciate your, uh, the heads up on that. It's r- ridiculous. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. I mean, we just heard, uh, Brad, you just told us during the break that uh, Daryl Perry from FPP.cc has lost his case uh, against the city of Keene. He filed a, a case against them for waking him up while they were raiding the Keene Activity Center. Uh, with a, what, what, what really should have been a warrant that should have been tossed out. I mean, it was a, it's a bad warrant, in my opinion. And uh, it was issued by a judge who has a vendetta against Free State Project participants. Yep. And Daryl attempted to bring this case against the city, demanding $20 a day restitution and an apology. Uh, his original request to the city was just that they apologize, but they refused to apologize, so he brought this lawsuit against them. And the case has been dismissed and now he's being ordered to pay attorney's fees, which we've yet to determine what they are. So this is a real chilling effect, I think, on the idea of, of suing the state. I mean, you better believe that you're going to win because otherwise they're going to make you pay thousands of dollars in attorney's fees. Well, that's why it's dangerous to represent yourself because if you file a lawsuit that 
um, the argument you're making seems valid to you, but there is a bunch of case law that says, nope, this is frivolous, but you don't know that because you're not a trained lawyer, mm-hmm. nor can you afford one. You you end up in this very, very bad situation. To where if they if this attorney for the city, because the city hired its own attorney, you know, a separate attorney, like there's, an, a, there's a city attorney on payroll that they, in theory, could use, but they didn't. They hired some other, you know, some young guy to come in, and now this guy is going to send them an invoice, and they're going to turn right around and say uh, that Daryl owes that uh, however many hundreds or thousands of dollars it will likely be. And if it's 250 bucks an hour, which was ch- is cheap for an attorney, it likely will be in the thousands of, uh, of dollars. Yep. So then they'll they'll say he owes that and if he doesn't pay it he goes to jail and it's not something he can work off in jail uh it's just that he's going to sit in jail in jail till someone coughs up some money well i mean i don't know if they would actually do that you don't think but they could and it certainly would not be out of character if they did at least in this part of the state (laughs) so if the if the judge says you have to pay this what would they have to do in order to make him, you know, to put the hammer down? Well, if the judge orders him to pay attorney's fees and he doesn't, the judge could hold him in civil contempt, which is indefinite. I, I mean, he, he they could keep him in jail for 90 years. So insane. So anyway, that's what's going on here. 855-450-FREE. I'm sure Daryl will be blogging about it at freekeen.com if you want to keep up to date on that particular situation. But that, that really kind of makes me not want to sue the, the state. You gotta right? be careful. You I have wouldn't to... want to have to pay for their attorney's fees if yeah. I lose. And of course, you're usually going to lose when you sue the state because it's the state and they back their own people up. Well, I'm suing the federal government right now, mm-hmm. um, the Department of Homeland Security. And um, before I did it, I this is something I researched and I looked into it. And if you're going to go after the state, I mean, the state can go after you and make mistakes and get away with it. Right. If you go after the state and you make mistakes, it's going to cost you a lot of money. It's crazy. You got to be. <laughs> Let's go to Tom. He's in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Tom. Yeah, I mentioned before on the program about how uh, if you're 18 years old and you're uh, earning a living flipping burgers for minimum wage and you want to go to college, so you go to apply for financial aid, Pell Grants and that sort of thing, then they ask you, well, not just how much money do you make, but what about mommy and daddy? Okay, even though you're 18 and you're legally an adult, you know? You That's know, true. I, I mentioned that to you before, right? It's true. Yep. Now, I found out what's going to solve that problem. And that, check this out. A student is going to decide to be a homosexual, and then on the 18th birthday, the parents are going to change the locks and say, under penalty of criminal trespass, don't you ever set foot in this house again. And then the student is going to go apply for financial aid, and it says, no, you have to have mommy and daddy fill out this form over here, and they won't do it. And there's going to be a big news story about how horrible this injustice is, as opposed to the other injustice when it happens to somebody that's not a queer. And then they're going to say, why should it even be related to how much the mother and father make? And then they're going to change the laws. Tom, you know, you make some really good points from time to time, and um, I think a lot of people get distracted by the uh, very negative approach you take towards towards people who are, aren't like you, and also the very violent approach you take towards people who work in government, and I think a lot of the, the really good points you make get diluted when you say stuff like that. I mean... Well said, Brad. Tom, thanks, what? sort of, for the call. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, New Jersey Weed Man, or NJ Weed Man, found not guilty. The story is from phillyburbs.com. Ed 
N.J. Weedman Fortune hopes that the not guilty verdict by a Burlington County jury rendered in his pot distribution trial plants a seed for other medical marijuana patients and sparks change in the law. That's one of them little journalism jokes. Yep. Mm. I think other patients should argue the same points. They can call it the weed man defense, he said, after a jury of 10 women and two men returned the verdict Thursday after deliberating for about an hour to end the three-day trial. The law is wrong, said NJ Weedman. My jury heard that and understood. Fortune, who claims dual residency in Pemberton Township in Los Angeles, was acquitted of possession with the intent to distribute a pound of marijuana that police found in his trunk during a traffic stop in April 1st. 2010. So he had way more than 50, uh, 50 grams. Right, he said that it was more than 50 grams, so that made me think it was like 50 grams, and apparently it was a lot more than 50 grams. The state contended the sheer volume in his possession and the $2,000 in cash he had in his pocket at the time of the arrest were telltale signs of distribution despite absence of other packaging paraphernalia. Fortune always maintained he was no drug dealer, but bought the marijuana, brought the marijuana with him from California, where he's a licensed medical marijuana patient for his own personal use while on a trip to New Jersey to visit his family. He says, I don't use it the way the state says. To me, it's medicine. It's food. I feel I'm a victim of a flawed law. He said this in his closing arguments, noting for the jury that he had been eating Pot-laced cookies throughout the trial. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, in your face, state agents. 855-450-FREE. You can take control here and bring up whatever's on your mind. More on the NJ Weedman situation and whatever else. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Tim Cummins, here to remind you that whenever you look in the mirror, you see a person of amazing ability, a person that people love and cherish and want to be around, a person that gets things done and is an an excellent individual in every way. And when you think about that, you remember that verbal surgery changes you from the inside out. So check out my podcast at verbalsurgery.com. Yeah, baby. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll-free, bring up anything you want, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we have there for you. Once again, freetalklive.com. Show's brought to you by the Free State Project, your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime. Get together with other people that think like you do. If you love the ideas of freedom, and that is that you understand that in order to be free, you have to allow others to be free as well. Uh, that uh, that freedom is the you know the ability to live your life how you want, so long as you don't harm anybody else. If uh, that is in agreement with how you believe, then you should go to freestateproject.org. Learn more about the Free State Project, get the 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire, and sign up and make the plan to make the move sooner rather than later. We've already got over 1,000 people here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Over 13,000 have signed the pledge to make the move to New Hampshire. And we want to reach twenty thousand, so we still have a little bit more to uh, to do here. We're not quite at I don't know we're not quite at sixty six percent, but uh, we're getting there, I, th- I believe. So yeah, I think are we at sixty six? Thirteen percent, thirteen of uh, twenty? Maybe I'm gonna have to. <laughs> My check. math is terrible. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so you can go to freestateproject.org and uh, you can get signed up and that would be awesome because the more liberty-minded folks we get together in the same place, the more effective that we can be. I mean, we were just talking about jury nullification a moment ago. 65%, Mark. Uh, 13 out of 20 yeah. is 65%. So we're yeah. qu- almost... So it's like it was, it'd have to be 13-2 to be... Yeah. 
66 percent. So we're almost two thirds of the way there. God, don't please do not put me on the spot with math. That's just not fair. <laughs> Uh, but jury nullification, right? We were just talking about N.J. Weedman and his case where jurors came back, 12 jurors, 10, uh, 10 women, two men came back with a not guilty verdict, and he had a pound of marijuana on his person That's when he was busted. Yeah, that is a lot of weed. That's more than the average person can smoke in a uh, you know decently short amount of, uh, of time. And he claims it was all for him, but either way, the important point about his case is is that they did not find him guilty of a lesser charge, which presumably they could do. I know they did that in New Hampshire. Not all not all states work the same way, but uh, in the Weta Claus case, friend of ours, uh, listener of the show, uh, Weta Claus, he was facing growing charges where he had some plants in his house. He was definitely growing plants, and uh, you know they actually did not convict him of the fe- those felony growing charges. Instead, they convicted him of a possession charge. So they did convict him of a lower charge. So therefore, I would not tout that as a full jury nullification. Maybe it's a partial jury nullification. But in the weed uh, weed man's case, in NJ Weedman's case, they did not convict him of anything lower. In this case, they just found him not guilty. And although I think they did convict him of a possession charge on his first trial, they in theory could have done the same thing here, but they didn't. So this is a full-on, in my opinion, this is a full-on jury nullification case. Somebody on, online was coming earlier, this isn't really jury nullification, uh, but I think it is. If, if the person is, by the law, guilty of the, the crime... And then uh, the jury nullifies that. In the that. N.J. Weedman one? Yeah. Well, he argued that the New Hampshire, or the, excuse me, the New uh, Jersey Constitution uh, said that, well, no, they said that that was jury nullification so that they could judge the law. The yeah, jury, I, no, the, the New Jersey Constitution that he cited for us last night made it very clear that the jury had the right to judge the the, yeah. uh, the, the law itself. But that doesn't right. really have anything to do with the, the marijuana, so that's still— No, you know. they got him red-handed. I mean, he had a pound of marijuana. That's over the 50-gram limit. That's a felony distribution charge. The state by the proved facts, its case. Right. By the facts of the case, he should have been found guilty. The jury yep. found him not guilty. That's a jury nullification case. Yep. And it's not the first one. There have been a handful of, you know, a couple of them now just within the last uh, several weeks. And hopefully this will be, you know, the continuation of a trend of people around the country being set free if they bother to take their case to trial. Maybe this would happen more often if people would actually take their cases to trial and argue for jury nullification while in court. And by the way, he informed the jury and the rest of the court, mind you, that during the trial, he'd been eating pot-laced cookies the entire time. So basically admitting to continuing to possess marijuana and uh, admitting to using marijuana in the court, which likely the judge... How did he get them past the the, the bailiff people? The cookies, man. Bring in lunch. Just bring them in their lunch bag. Just cookies. Yes. Yeah. So so he admits this. Fortune is believed to be the first defendant, the first defendant in New Jersey to be allowed to present his use of medical marijuana as a defense in a criminal trial, garnering his case attention statewide and beyond as the legalization debate continues. While he wasn't allowed to discuss the New Jersey law, which was not in effect when he was arrested, nor would allow him to legally possess the drug here, Fortune was able to tell the jury he was a licensed medical marijuana user in California. At an earlier trial this spring, he was convicted of possession, but that jury could not reach a unanimous decision on the more serious distribution charge, and the Rastafarian was retired, or excuse me, retried this week. Judge Charles Delahey, who presided over both trials, will sentence Fortune in January for possession. He could get up to 18 months in prison, but it's likely he'll get a probationary term. The longtime activist and author used his criminal case 
and the uh, potential with the potential exposure of five to ten years in prison to rally his cause and start a debate. Uh, in pretrial motions, which were subsequently barred from being argued before the jury, Fortune challenged the constitutionality of the state's criminal code now that New Jersey has a compassionate use medical marijuana law that recognizes the benefits of cannabis. He said Thursday he looks forward to the state appellate division reviewing that motion when he appeals the possession conviction. So he's, he's going all the way up. He's, he's taken the possession Good for him. all the way up the line. Fortune, who represented himself with the help of, court, of a court-appointed attorney, so he had standby counsel, but he presented the case. He spoke directly to the jury, and this is what, uh, what Weta Claus did as well. He had a standby counsel, and that way you know, there's an attorney in the room to which you can, you can sit down with, you can consult, get some suggestions, you know, work together on motions, things like that. Uh, but ultimately, I think this is an important step, is having the individual who is being tried, as long as they're not like an antisocial person have them do their own uh, their own defense because then you get to you know make that connection with the jury you look into their eyes as you're talking to them and uh, that's different from having i think an attorney present a case for you you know i like plus the, there's more you can get away with too i like the idea of doing the opening and the closing arguments uh, specifically the closing arguments when you're the uh, defendant but there's so many things that a that a lawyer, hopefully, as a what do they call that, reserve counsel or whatever, uh, standby, standby, standby counsel, they that uh, you know they can catch these uh, things. But uh, you know, activists have missed so many objections. He said Thursday he thought that he was in for another deadlock jury and that the not guilty verdict came as a surprise. He said I expected to get one juror, but I got twelve. I didn't expect it, and I'm very grateful. I think the jury sent a huge message to the state, the governor and the prosecutor's office. People don't want marijuana users hauled into court and locked up in jail. Fortune, who wore his marijuana, it's okay, it's just illegal t-shirt for his final day of trial, said he plans to remain in New Jersey for another week or so to campaign for Congress in New Jersey's 3rd District. This guy is a non-stop activist. I'm surprised he got away with wearing a t-shirt. In court with a message on it? Yeah. Yeah. They would have, they, I've, I've had that stopped in my court trials before. Uh, so, Fortune, uh, his case hi- highlighted the vast difference in state medical marijuana laws and the national debate over legalization. I thought there was a quote in here from, oh, yeah, okay, here we go. The judge got uppity with, uh, with Ed here or with uh, NJ Weedman. He, Let's see. Shortly before he started his retrial, Fortune opened a new dispensary in California in honor of the assistant prosecutor in his case, calling it Luciano's place. He almost didn't get to hear the verdict as his supporters applause for the jury as they left the courtroom. During his closings, Fortune was nearly held in contempt of court for trying to advance his jury nullification argument. The judge quickly stopped him, reminding him of his earlier ruling that barred the argument. Fortune began verbally sparring with Delahy, who then ordered the jury out of the room and told the defendant he would be held in contempt if he continued to ignore the court's orders. The judge said, if you want to make a martyr of yourself, the court will deal with you. You've done everything you can to disrupt this trial. So apparently, it's his trial. How yeah. is he disrupting it? So this is interesting. So at what uh, what the weed man told us yesterday was that he was able to introduce the portion of the New Jersey Constitution that basically says the jury has the right to judge the the law itself as that's well as the facts. That's weird. Usually, any attempt to introduce or speak about the Constitution is denied. Is denied. So he was allowed to do that, and he actually had a uh, placard that he made up, some sort of a signboard that he was able to place in the uh, the courtroom, which 
which had written out that portion of the Constitution. So not only was he able to speak it, but he also was able to put it up for them to see. So they had to keep reading it. Right. And and they left it up like over (laughs) over a whole day. They left it like the next day he came into court. It was still there. He was he was bewildered that they did this, but they did. So apparently he was allowed to bring the Constitution up, but not allowed to actually talk about jury nullification in his trial. And regardless of that, the jury went ahead and found him not guilty anyway. It's a huge case. So it's basically, hey, this is what it says. And this is what it says. I mean, you can't say, please do this. You just can say, this is what it says. And of course, uh, Luciano, who's the assistant prosecutor, claimed that this is not a litmus test on the war on drugs, he said. Uh, Luciano also said the numbers and common sense should lead to a guilty verdict, noting that Fortune had enough pot on him to smoke for months, not a brief visit to New Jersey. By his calculations, Fortune would have to smoke two to three joints an hour nonstop for 24 hours to get through the pound of marijuana in about six months. And Jay Weedman disputed the prosecution. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyAndHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls your birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein, referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want as we launch here into the second hour of the program. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Bradley. And Mark. Lots of stuff to talk about in the news. Of course, we'll take your calls about whatever's on your mind. Now, in the first hour, we talked about N.J. Weedman and how he was found not guilty today by a jury in a court in New Jersey. Huge news. But there was another story connected to the N.J. Weedman case that's not good news, and that is what went on outside of the courthouse. We'll explain what happened to one of his supporters here in a moment. Uh, but first, we go to the phones. We'll go to Jay Noon calling from Massachusetts. Hey, Jay. You're on Free Talk hey, Live. Thanks for taking my call. Welcome, sir. Go ahead. Hey, I just want to let you know, obviously, you guys are kind of following my thing with my uh, house here that was stolen from me. Yeah, you hadn't uh, paid the uh, property tax on the home ever since purchasing it. They uh, ended up stealing it from you, and uh, you went, uh, last I recall, you had gone back to the house and essentially unboarded it and let yourself back in, right? Well, I did that, and then a week, uh, I cleaned up a little bit in there and stuff, and then they um, they boarded it back up <laughs> and put up no trespassing signs and one. They took down my land patent signs. Um but they're uh, going going forward with an auction on the house at the town hall oh. on the on the 25th next Thursday mm-hmm. at, at noontime, I believe. Um, if they go, if anybody wants to go to the Palmer Mass website or 
you could find uh, where they have auctions on there somewhere, townofpalmer.com, and uh, it's the Beckos group, and they got it. Uh, there will be a woman there representing me because uh, I may or may not be there, and she's going to explain every everything about the um, uh, land patent and how, you know, uh, the property was stolen and, and whoever bids on it will, or whoever buys, if anyone buys it, that they will be, they will also be named in a Title 42 um, conspiracy lawsuit <laughs> against the town. Uh, we, we Do you think she'll have the ability to actually deliver this information and complete what she has to say before they uh, arrest her? Um. Well, there's going to be a, uh, uh, three or four other people who are going to pick up right where she left, leaves off. Wow. If something happens. Um, I got volunteers for that, and you guys know this woman quite well. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's uh, um, uh, she's she's a lady from Montague. Oh, okay. I think I know who you're talking about. Okay, that's interesting. Right. Now, we actually, uh, a couple of us, JJ and I, Mark, I think you went down too, yep. right? Uh, we went down and to support you when they were trying to take your house. And Pete Eyre uh, was down there from copblock.org. Pete and I went to the town of Palmer offices and uh, caused a bit of a stir going about with uh, video cameras asking questions they didn't want us to ask. But it actually turned out that on that very day they were doing a tax sale. We actually went in and sat in on that tax sale and made statements uh, to the bidding audience that, uh, that what they were doing was you know, essentially buying stolen property. And uh, they didn't much care. I was just <laughs> going to say, that. I saw the video and they didn't like that very much at all. No, but I think this is interesting, you know, bringing in the threat of a potential lawsuit against somebody who buys uh, the house. That would be possibly something to really chill uh, the amount of bids that are, that are placed. And cameras, right. cameras will help too. If you can get uh, whoever it is that's making these bids right there on, on camera, video, on yeah. a camera, you know, ask them their name. They're going to be stating right. their name. Make sure they've got that. That's going to be chilling. You know, uh, Jay, I, I, you know, I would suggest that you s- create an event for this on Facebook. I mean, this sounds like big news. I, I think we might be able to round some folks up from uh, from New Hampshire and, and come down for this. I'd love to have another visit to the uh, town of Palmer offices. It's been uh, it's been over a year since I've made an appearance there, and uh, maybe well, I don't know if Pete's in the area, but uh, certainly we could get some some folks out. Maybe a demo would want to come down. Uh, so will you do that? Will you create a, a Facebook event and uh, and invite me, and uh, then we'll get some get some folks out. Yeah, well, actually, I'm I'm kind of computer. Well, actually, I have my computer back tomorrow, um, and uh, I will uh, I'll get on there, or maybe even somebody will just do it, and uh, I'll see it if I go online. I mean, there's a lot of people. Great. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to forget about it, and I. And that'll be the easiest way to help you promote that, so we can get as many people to pack that tax sale uh, office as possible. Now they may end up trying some sort of shenanigans where well, they'll only they will. where they'll only allow uh, you know registered bidders in or something like that. But as I understand it, this has to be a public uh, auction. So uh, that's right. my understanding. Is that your understanding, Jay? Yeah, yeah. It says um, like some of the properties minimum. Uh, bid is five thousand. Some is twenty five hundred. But it doesn't say anything about um, having to have like a certified check or cash or anything to get in there. Right. Um, well, I called up the auction company and asked them and said uh, where the auction was going to be, and they were saying, and it even said on the website and everything, it was an online internet auction. Until um, I've been uh, a friend of mine has been checking the website every day, and two days ago. 
it said um, uh, it doesn't say internet auction anymore. It says it's going to be at the uh, town hall. Excellent. And well, I appreciate the heads up. We'll look forward to uh, hopefully getting a group down there to support you on that because I think what you what you've done is heroic, and I think that what you've done is something that a lot of people wish they could do. And if the very, at the very least they could come out to support you if they don't feel like they can do it themselves on their own house. And Jay, thanks for the call. Keep us in the loop. Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. Just to reiterate. In case it wasn't clear, Jay Noon refused to pay property taxes on the house that he purchased, and he purchased it through a private a private lender. So he didn't have the the usual uh, riders along with your you know like when you buy a house through a loan company through a bank. There's always some sort of term in there that says you must pay all taxes on this property and obey all laws. Did he get the so, deed on it though? Did he? I mean, I believe he's got all the paperwork. Yeah, I think an important thing to point out here is that he's not paying for principled reasons. It's not that. He's cheap. Jay Noon worked for the volunteer fire department in Palmer, Mass., and his stipend was higher than the amount of money that he quote unquote owed the town and he refused that money he told them to give it back so he actually the town is at a net positive hmm. they just essentially their paperwork isn't being filled out properly you get a stipend as a volunteer fire sure i get one too doesn't that kind of negate the whole volunteer aspect? Doesn't that make you a paid employee? Not they're not paying. Uh, you know, they're not paying living wages. I can assure you of that. I pays, see. Pays for your gas to and from the station. If, if, if that, in my case, gotcha. All right, so we'll some keep are you higher than others. Mine's certainly not what Jay Noon's was. We'll keep you in the loop about uh, the Jay Noon situation as it develops. I'm glad he called to uh, to share that tonight. Eight five five four fifty free. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. So the other news about what happened with the NJ Weedman trial, which wrapped up today with a huge verdict, not guilty on marijuana distribution charge. Also in Mount Holly, according to phillyburbs.com, a Pennsylvania man said he'll pursue legal action against the Burlington County Sheriff's Department and individual officers for his arrest Wednesday while handing out flyers about jury rights outside of the county complex. Fernando Antonio Saguero and five others were handing out pamphlets from the Fully Informed Jury Association in the morning on Rancocas Road, spurred into activism by the continuing N.J. Weedman trial at the Burlington County Courthouse. The group members were approached by a handful of county sheriff's officers as they distributed the flyers, which highlighted jurors' rights and jury nullification, an argument Fortune was barred from presenting at his criminal trial, which is why it's important to have people on the outside of the trial. One of the reasons why it's important to have people on the outside of the trial handing these flyers out to people walking into the courthouse. And it's also important to hand them to everyone who's walking in. That way you can't be accused of just handing them to jurors. That way you're just, oh, I'm just here doing outreach uh, about jury nullification. And in fact, that's one of the things that this uh, gentleman said, Mr. Salguero, he pointed that out. They accused us of jury tampering, he said. We were not targeting jurors. We were giving out pamphlets to everyone the same way we've done a few times over the past two weeks. The men said the officers demanded identification, then checked the man for outstanding warrants. Saguero was arrested for two 12-year-old traffic violations that he claimed he had paid long ago. He was handcuffed and processed at the Burlington County Jail. Saguero, a Montgomery County firefighter and married father of two with no criminal record, was released hours later on $250 bail. So... What's not clear is whether or not they've charged him with jury tampering. I don't think they did. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. They're just looking to harass people, essentially. We'll tell you more about it, though. And uh, jury nullification. 855-450-FREE. 
More people should be talking about this idea because it's one of the only things inside the system that really gives you some power over the way things turn out. It's free talk. Got vampires, zombies ruining the neighborhood. From weapons expert Larry Correa, a new installment in the New York Times best-selling Monster Hunter series, Monster Hunter Legion. Publishers Weekly says this light-hearted testosterone soap sequel to 2009's Monster Hunter International will delight fans of action horror with elaborate weaponry, hand-to-hand combat, disgusting monsters, and an endless stream of blood and body parts. Monster Hunter Legion, on sale now wherever books are sold. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want, toll-free at 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. We've got archives. You can download as many as you'd like. Uh, Once again, go to freetalklive.com and click, and they are yours. Right at the top of the page, the last seven days' worth, and then if you want to go back for years, you can do that uh, by simply... Heading over to our SoundCloud page. Now, if you're at freetalklive.com already, just look on the left-hand side of the page under Listen and Share for our SoundCloud link there. And if you're not there yet, you can just go straight to soundcloud.freetalklive.com. That'll take you right to where you need to be to get as many archives as your little heart desires. All free. If you've got a company you try, need to try something new in the area of uh, accounts receivable, SACL CAI can handle it. Uh, the, the the Osbournes over there, Jason and Mike Osborne, are big supporters of Liberty and big supporters of Free Talk Live. You can uh, safely send your accounts receivable business to them. And you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. Jim Babb is on the line here. Uh, he was actually there when this arrest happened outside of the NJ Weedman trial. It was yesterday when this went down. A man was arrested on some traffic citations, basically, just because apparently the cops wanted to harass you guys. Uh, Jim, you were out there doing some jury outreach, and it says here there were like five people doing it. You had said the other day it was just you. What Did I, did I make a mistake? Uh, well, we've been out there multiple days. The the trial, you know, counting jury selection lasted about a week. Mm. So uh, we we rallied the troops and had a really nice turnout yesterday, which nice. was which was which was excellent, especially considering the way things happened. Uh, we really needed to have a lot of people there uh, for safety and to document what was happening. Now, uh, I heard that there are going to be, or have there already been, uh, videos posted of this arrest? Yeah, we have. um, I had one raw video that I put up. I haven't had a chance to edit it, and there's a couple other videos that I wanted to get and try to consolidate it into a package that's that's easier to watch. But, um, yeah, we've got, you know, it's all all there. Where Uh, Where does one go to find the raw video? Um, I have it on my Facebook page, but I will. Um, I guess I'll try to find a way to to get a YouTube, and I'll put it on the on the Free Talk Live uh, website or okay, send great. you a link, so so I know that you have it. That'd be excellent. Yeah, because I mean, we're all we've got to go on here is uh, the Philly Burbs article, and you are cited uh, actually in this article uh, as a as a witness to the arrest. It sounds like the cops approached uh, a group of you guys that were handing out fully informed jury association packets and hinted that they thought you might be uh, tampering with the jury. Uh, they didn't hint. They, you know, they basically accused us of it, and they demanded to see our identification. They said, you know, you're either you're showing us your IDs, or we're taking you to jail right now for nur- for for uh, jury tampering. Wow. So, so uh, what do one of those is, what do those two things have to do with each other? I mean, so either <laughs> I'm tampering with a jury, and you should take me to jail, or 
I should be legally obligated to show you my uh, identification, but not I should show you my identification or you're going to take me to jail for jury tampering because it sounds to me like you're trumping up a charge. Here's the reason why, Mark. Um, Not all states have laws that require you to identify yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, New Hampshire is one that does not unless you're driving. So if you're if you commit, say, you're jaywalking and you're walking up the street and the police, uh, the police stop you to say, don't do that. You're blocking traffic. Uh, but what's your name? Because I want to give you a warning. If, if you say, well, I'm not going to tell you, the police would then say, well, I'm going to arrest you for jaywalking. So it could be they just wanted to document who was there. OK, so do you have to show ID in New Jersey or is this just a, you know, a, a coercive means they used to get people to hand it over? some, you know, some gang thug tactics, just, you know, bully tactics. People, you know, they wanted ID and they were just going to say whatever they had to say to get it mm-hmm. and use as much, as many threats and as much violence as needed to get the result they wanted. I don't think whatever the law was, was ever really a factor. Probably I wonder, <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they would have done if someone called, you know, if they called a bluff on that. Like if, if one of the, the U5 guys did not show ID, would they have actually have made the arrest? I believe they would have, mm-hmm. uh, and of course I you don't know for sure. But they were pretty convincing. I mean, they had brought out about you know I don't know if it was eight or ten oh wow uh, people in costumes and had had thoroughly surrounded us. Uh, <laughs> it was very you know you know what it's like to be surrounded by oh, yeah. by that many uh, violent people. Uh, and I, I thought we were all going to be kidnapped when when they mm. first took Fernando. In, in custody, I'm like, okay, he's, they're just going to do this one at a time. You know, he's first, they're going to get him secured, then they're going to go for the next one. And mm. um, luckily, you know, I say luckily, but there's nothing lucky about getting one of your friends kidnapped. Um, but it was, I was glad that we at least weren't all taken in. Yeah, so they got him for some tra- some traffic warrants or something like that? That's, that's the reason they arrested him? Uh, yeah, it was, um, it was about 10 or 12 years old. And Fernando says he had paid it anyway. Yeah. You know, that's, how that's could you possibly, I mean, you know, I, I, how can anyone even draw up a memory about a 10-year-old traffic violation? Right. I, mean, I, right. I, you, I mean, it's just nuts. Right. Where's your receipt? Oh, you don't have the receipt? Oh, oh you didn't know? keep things from is, 20 years ago? This is Justice's terrible swift sword. You yeah. can't get people to pay your traffic tickets inside of 10 years? I mean, if they can't collect their fine in four years, it should go away. So this... This is, you know, it's sad to see this happening, uh, you know, jury nullification outreach activists getting targeted, but this is a realistic possibility for people that go out there and do uh, jury outreach is that the sheriffs or whatever agents of, uh, of aggression will take an interest in you and come up with a reason to either arrest you just to get you off the scene like they've done with Julian Heiklin a, a million times uh, or to, you know, arrest you and actually charge you with something. In this case, he actually has been, you know, charged with something. Um, in the rest of your cases, you were able to. You, did you continue distributing after the uh, sheriff's left? We did not. They told us that we were basically banned from county property. Wow. They, with additional with additional threats. You know, oh wow. Like you were, if you continue to do this, you will be locked up. Trespassing charge, um, then presumably, if they banned you from the yeah, property. And, and they had, they had another word for it. And they said it's not just a trespassing, but I think he said something like aggravated trespassing or something that was implied it was going to be even worse. Mm. You know, like. Bow, you know, be scared and tremble at our power. Um, wow. 
Well, the good news Luckily, is it didn't though. end up working because the jury found N.J. Weedman not guilty. So in their face uh, on that one. And, and Jim, thanks for uh, you know having the courage to step out there and put your own freedom on the line to help out uh, this guy in his trial because this this was an awesome uh, verdict. Well, it was a, a pleasure for me, and and you know quite easy to do compared to the the investment that Ed had put into this battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was my honor to to lend the slightest bit of assistance that may have or may not have, have had an influence. I, I don't know, but it was certainly worth the attempt from from my perspective. Excellent. Was there anything else you wanted to share about what went down? Uh, well, just you know, maybe we can spread the word. We're having a victory party Saturday night in Philadelphia. Cool. Uh, for any for anybody that's listening in the area, you know, all freedom lovers are welcome to to come and and raise a glass and and toast the victory that Ed has won for all of us. And the NJ Weedman will be in attendance, I take it. Uh, he has, that is his plan. All so, right. um, fantastic. So it's it's going to be a good time to come down and and you know give him a pat on the back. Where do people go for that? Um, it's you know I I'll, I'll post a. Facebook link on right, cool. the Free Talk Live. Yeah, so get that video uh, and post the post the video and the link uh, and the information about the the party, and we'll put that we'll like we'll retweet it or something like that. We'll put it on Facebook slash uh, Twitter when you do that. Thanks, Super. Jim. Appreciate the call and the inside scoop on what happened yesterday. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Still plenty of time for you and your thoughts. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE. This is... Free Talk Live. Defensive Marriage Act coming up. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Shrine of Female Listeners is one of those features. If you're a lady listener and you would like to be part of the Shrine, there are instructions there at shrine.freetalklive.com. Or if you just want to look at the Shrine, you can do that too, shrine.freetalklive.com. Uh, on tonight on my Edgington Post, I interviewed Mark Warden, Representative Mark Warden here from uh, New Hampshire. Don't normally interview politicians on the Edgington Post, but in this case, um, Mark Warden is, you know, he's a really principled politician and he's been targeted by the Democratic Legislative Campaign Committee or something like that um, as one of the 60 most important races in the nation for Democrats to win. And so that kind of disturbed me, and I want to hear a little bit more about it. So you can go listen to the Edgington Post by going to soundcloud.freetalklive.com. It's right up there at the top right now, soundcloud.freetalklive.com. Okay, so 855-453, right back to your phone calls. Andy, listening in Indy to WXNT. Hey, Andy. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, Great on? show. Thanks. You've turned a, a liberal into a libertarian in about a year. That's too shabby. That's about how long it takes. What was the, what was was yeah. it like a one hang up issue that uh, that you had that you had to turn on? Uh, well, you know, it's um, there were there were a lot of lot of social issues that I, I had um, some problems with, but I'm coming around. Okay. Uh, the nice. reason I reason I reason I called was um, 
friend of mine was on a trip. She's uh, uh, in a wheelchair soccer team. And um, her and her friend were flying to San Francisco. And the TSA, you know, they, they, they can't run them through the, uh, the naked machine. Um, so they have to wand them. And um, my friend, when she went through, there was something with her seat. So they made her get out of her seat um, and or get out of her chair take her seat off of her chair, which broke it, and then run it through the scanner. Um, but the worst part was that her, her other friend, her teammate, who is, uh, has multiple sclerosis, and um, she also has uh, scoliosis, uh, she, the, the wand just kept going off all over the place. So they put her in a room uh, and had to actually strip search her. And um, she had her mom with her when she's when she's sitting in the chair because she has uh, scoliosis. She leans really hard to one side, mm-hmm. and uh, the TSA agent, you know, giving her the the blue glove treatment, told her to lift her fat roll so that he could check underneath it. Wow! And That's you know, something. this poor girl was just mortified. So, um, just more uh, more government abuse out there. Gosh, yeah, yeah. that's a. That's a tough situation. You know, and I mean, thanks, TSA. Thanks for keeping us uh, safe from the wheelchair soccer ladies, you know? <laughs> Hello? Hey, we're right here. I don't know if you're right there. Hello? Andy? Bad sell. Andy and Indy going once. Andy and Indy going twice. We didn't do it, Andy. <laughs> thanks for the call. You know, um, when uh, situations like that happen, here the nice thing about Free Talk Live is is that you can go and get your uh, the archive of the show at freetalklive.com. Just pick up the show that you listened to that you called in on and you can get that uh, that download. Yeah, I suppose you could do that if you uh, that's what you're into is listening to yourself. I um, think a lot of people want to know how well they did when they called in on the Okay, the, yeah, the that's, I guess you could look at it from a self-evaluation perspective. 855-450-free the SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, by the way, since we're talking about the TSA, I did talk to uh, United Airlines tonight uh, before the show and they're basically not going to do anything. Uh, that's it, not true. At first they're not at first they said they weren't going to do anything, then I made it more clear that it was really not the TSA who made the plane fly away, that it was their employees who did that when they were told to hold the plane, uh, she did offer me a $50 voucher. You know, I don't think that the uh, the plane ride from, uh, you know, uh, from New York to Manchester was a very costly ride. The whole ride from L.A. to Manchester is a over $300 ride. Uh, so you don't get to judge the, the one leg of the ride. There's no separate price for that. It's just one. I had somewhere to be. I wanted to be on the air with, uh, with Ron Paul at noon and I missed that interview by several hours. I hear you and I understand that it's frustrating. I think that they did, they did a heck of a lot more for you than the TSA is going to do for you if you call them. That's true. You're and, right about that. Uh, you know, I mean, if you would have pushed harder, you might have got more, but I don't think you need I really didn't care right, because I'm not going to ride United. So, I just am not interested. I've got to say I don't want their voucher, really. I've got to say I only called cuz you wanted me to. I didn't want you to do anything. Well, you and our PR lady. Our PR lady is a very uh, powerful woman who gets to, uh, gets done what she wants to get done. I don't understand why you have to foist this upon me. <laughs> you don't think that lady's given me stuff to do too, pal? You, you were backing her up, though. I I'm backing her up because <laughs> I assume she knows what she's doing. Anyway, I just figured I'd update you on that uh, that situation. So I don't really want their voucher, so I'll probably just give it away to somebody or whatever because the United flight experience Look, was not good take, from beginning to end. If you're going to make the good. telephone call and you're going to uh, take their $50 voucher, man up and say that they made good. 
I wouldn't say they made good. I mean, if you uh, miss a flight because of their flight crew, then the only way to make good is a full refund in my I book. Heard, I heard you make the telephone call and you said okay at the end and that's fine. That's because uh, I don't care. I'm not going to push it. Uh, I really, you know, I'm not interested in doing any business with United. So that's that. All right. Well, a $50 voucher should buy you maybe breakfast at Dunkin' Donuts past the checkpoint next time you fly. I guess. Yeah, yeah. that's about it. Not much more than that. Nope. So 855-450-FREE. Uh, once again, the toll-free number here for you. Brad, you wanted to share with us uh, something about the Defense of Marriage Act being struck down. Yeah, the uh, Defense of Marriage Act is a federal law that essentially uh, says that if you are homosexual, you cannot have the same federal rights as someone who is heterosexual. And that would be uh, military benefits, Social Security veterans benefits, so on and so forth. So even though states are legalizing uh, same-sex marriage, it, it's remained a uh, an issue at the federal level that conflicts with the states. And a few months ago, the First Circuit Court of Appeals, which is in Boston, struck down the Defense of Marriage Act. And just today, there is an article uh, on the Huffington Post, it's titled The Defense of Marriage Act Ruled Unconstitutional by Federal Appeals Court in New York. So I wanted to share this story because uh, now there's two federal circuit courts, which cover a a very large area of the country, who are saying that uh, this law that discriminates against gay people is unconstitutional. So the article begins, it says... Two circuit courts? Two circuit courts, yes. And and an appeals court? Well, well, in the federal system, the the federal courts have the district courts, and then there are appeals courts, Mm -hmm. and then above that is the Supreme Court. I see. So So a circuit court is considered... Right. The appeals court? The circuit court is the appeals court. Got it. The first circuit is most of New England and Puerto Rico. Second circuit is Vermont. And so, you know. Okay. It, it, in New York, right? In New York. That's correct. So New York is a pretty big area. And the is second, New Hampshire in that same circuit? New no, Hampshire's in, in first. the first circuit. Oh, okay. So we're in with New Maine, Hampshire and Puerto Rico. Got New, it. New Hampshire, Puerto Rico, Maine. Right. Saying just the, want to see, want to show you how similar the areas are and how these courts are representing uh, homogenous people. Right. So if you fly down to Puerto Rico and you try to film the police and you're arrested, you can sue under the Glick decision because gotcha. the Glick decision came out in the First Circuit. So anyway, saying the gay population has suffered a history of discrimination. A divided federal appeals court in Manhattan ruled Thursday that a federal law defining marriage as a a union between a man and a woman was unconstitutional, adding fuel to an issue expected to reach the U.S. Supreme Court soon. The second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals seemed interested in adding its voice to several other rulings already at the high court's doorstep by issuing its two-to-one decision only three weeks after hearing arguments on a lower court's judges finding that the 1996 law was unconstitutional. Now, I could have told you in 1996 this was unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a shame that these things take so long and that so many people had to suffer discrimination. In uh, the meantime. In the yeah. meantime, right. In a majority opinion written by Judge Dennis Jacobs, the Second Circuit, like a federal appeals court in Boston before it, found no reason the Defense of Marriage Act could be used to deny benefits to married gay couples. It supported a lower court ruling after a woman sued the government in 2010, saying the law required her to pay $363,053 in federal estate tax after her partner of 44 years died. 
so that was the if if it had been if she had been like the wife of a, in a same se- or excuse me a opposite sex uh, relationship she wouldn't have had to pay that exactly eight five five four fifty free the SACL CAI toll free line defense of marriage act jury nullification whatever's on your mind you take control this is free talk live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. All right, Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Toll-free number 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Bradley. And Mark. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. There's a lot on the site. Uh, We give it away to you. If you enjoy Free Talk Live and you would like to support the show, what I would recommend that you do is become a Free Talk Live amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in 5 bucks a month. We take that in, invest it into the show, get on more radio stations across the country, bringing more radio or rather internet listeners and radio listeners on board with the ideas of freedom. So you can help us out. Amp.freetalklive.com makes a big difference for Free Talk Live. And to you, it's only five bucks. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up there with any major credit card through PayPal or a Visa or MasterCard right on our website. Amp.freetalklive.com. So Defense of Marriage Act overturned by the Court of Appeals, uh, Federal Circuit Court of Appeals, New York District, I guess what it was, or District 2? Yep. Circuit yeah. 2? Second, it's all confusing to me. Yeah, it is confusing. Circuits, districts, two, three, four, whatever. Uh, But anyway, so they overturned this thing, and it's presumably going to go to the Supreme Court now. Um, Well, they they overturned it. So now there's two federal circuits. uh, Out of there are thirteen. The two of them have uh, said that this law is unconstitutional. Now, does that mean that it is unconstitutional until the Supreme Court says you're wrong? It is constitutional. Yes, it's unconstitutional in those circuits. Yes. In those circuits. So now, that is strong precedent for the other circuits, yes. but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's unconstitutional in those circuits. But for a uh, homosexual couple in the living in those states in which these decisions have been made. They should be able to get equal benefits right now, right? De- depending on – probably not. It, it depends on uh, where the case currently is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may take some time logistically for things to be changed around. I mean think of all the, the, the bureaucracy that needs to be changed be- yeah. because the courts have basically changed the law by saying this shouldn't have been the law in the first place. Now all these uh, bureaucracies have to change their regulations, change their forms – uh, I mean, it could be, it's going to be... It's a real hardship on the bureaucrats. Right. Oh. I, I, I mean, think about the government employees here, Ian. I mean, this is going to be quite oh, a... Baby. This is going to be quite a change. Um, the uh, the article goes on. It's got a few other uh, things that I'd like to mention. All right. Uh, it says, Jacobs, though, went beyond the Boston court saying discrimination against gays should be scrutinized by the courts in the same heightened way as discrimination faced by women in the 1970s. 
This is called a suspect class. This is uh, my commentary. So if you are a, a group of people who are historically discriminated against... Um, Free State Project participants. Yeah, well, the Free State Project could become a suspect class if uh, if there if there is enough evidence to prove that people of a certain uh, political ideology are treated differently. At the time, he noted, they faced widespread discrimination in the workplace and elsewhere. The heightened scrutiny, as it is refer referred to in legal circles, would mean government discrimination against gays would be assumed to be unconstitutional. The question is not whether homosexuals have achieved political successes over the years. They clearly have. The question is whether they have the strength to politically protect themselves from wrongful discrimination, said Jacobs, who was appointed to the bench in 1992 by President George H.W. Bush. Okay, so I don't like this particular, that little bit of statement at the end. Um, the I do think, of course, that uh, the federal government, which is an agency that uh, purports to represent us all and purports to have the right to take money from us all, should treat us all equally and allow the right to contract uh, from t- between all people, not just people of opposite sexes in the in the case of marriage. However, um, he's talking about discrimination and a discriminated class and that uh, they may be being discriminated against and all this other stuff, which suggests that I don't think that you as a fundamentalist Christian who has a business should be, you know, in trouble for not hiring somebody who's gay or in trouble for not offering uh, a, a gay person who is married uh, the same benefits as you offer uh, you know, the spouse of a gay person who's married, the same benefits as you offer the spouse of uh, one of your other employees. You should be able to do whatever you want inside of your business. So this kind of discriminatory thing, uh, you know, I support people's right to discriminate if that's what you want to do. I also support other people's right to point out that discrimination. I think that media outlets in that area should be, you know, vigilant in in those areas. They should be paying attention to uh, people that are uh, in businesses that are discriminating against gay people and black people and and whatever people and people that uh, dislike men, which is a group of people that the courts will not recognize or discriminated against all the time. And, you know, every group. But I suspect when the courts say that they're being discriminated against, the first people they're going to be worrying about is private business. Yeah. People should absolutely have every right to be a bigot, and I should have every right to make fun of them for being so. There you go. No doubt about it. So I guess we'll uh, we'll hear more as this case uh, continues to develop over, over yeah. time. Uh, in the meantime, 855-450-FREE allows you to bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, here's an interesting little piece for you from Middleton, Connecticut, or Middletown, Connecticut. A Middletown woman is accused of driving drunk after drinking half a bottle of hand sanitizer, according to CBS Seems Connecticut. Like a really bad idea. Now, uh, Brad, you were on the police uh, force here in New Hampshire for over a decade of your life. Did you ever encounter anything like that? Anybody drinking uh, some hand sanitizer, maybe some Listerine? No. The, the only time I've encountered counter that is uh speaking to corrections officers uh mm-hmm. because they had some some uh hand sanitizer uh at the Rockingham County Department of Corrections come over, up missing uh, come up missing and and, and, <laughs> and, and and inmates get intoxicated off of it and yep. they had to switch to uh to another formula that didn't have as much alcohol in it wow yeah yeah cuz they do love that hand sanitizer and and the prisons <laughs> they they have that stuff everywhere <laughs> Uh, so, according to the Middletown Press, police say 36-year-old Jennifer Wilcox lost control of her car on October 5th, almost crashing into another vehicle. Officers arrested her after she failed a field sobriety test, blowing a BAC of 
So That's good and drunk. Yeah, more yeah. than twice the legal limit. Wilcox admitted to drinking one half of a bottle of hand sanitizer. Can you imagine making that ad- ad- admission? Well, we don't know when she... Okay, so we don't know what size of bottle she uh, she drank. That's not that's not made clear here because there's obviously different size bottles of hand sanitizer. Right. Uh, Wilcox told WTNH TV that she drank the bottle of hand sanitizer on her own merit. She says, "I just saw it there, so I drank it." <laughs> I've heard uh, I've heard of I've heard of uh, cases of people using hand sanitizer to become intoxicated, but they consume it rectally. Uh, in order to uh, uh, Inc- increase the speed of uh, right. absorption, right, it absorbs through the large intestine, right, and uh, then you get drunk really fast. Yeah, and in this case, the officers claimed that she uh, had drank thirty-two shots of vodka, the equivalent of thirty-two wow. shots of vodka. Yeah. Wow, that makes it sound like it was a lot of hand sanitizer, but I don't know. I mean, I don't have a lot of experience with uh, drinking hand sanitizer. Yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know how many, how much proof. Uh, I was just going to say. I was just going to say it's probably two hundred proof. I wonder about that. That would be darn proofy. It's the same alcohol in beer, in wine, and Jack Daniels. However, it's more concentrated, said Dr. Daniel Ibrahim of St. Uh, Francis Hospital. Wilcox has been charged with driving under the influence and was released on $500 bond. Hmm. Now, Kids, we had, don't try this at home. Well, no, I think yeah. that's the first time that we had talked about this happening was an article written about, parents, look out, your kids are getting the hand sanitizer and they're drinking it. <laughs> And that's why I was surprised that this was a 36-year-old woman who was drinking the hand sanitizer. And her excuse is that it was there, so she drank it? This lady sounds like a real mess. She needs to meet NJ Weed Man. (laughs) (laughs) You put her in the straight and narrow. Well, you know, it's weird. Like, I don't know, in Connecticut, I don't know if they have any of those blue laws, like where, for instance, you can't buy alcohol on a certain day of the week. Some states have this. To where you know they make it very difficult to let's see the fifth that's a Friday so odds are good there wouldn't be a, a blue law on uh, on October fifth on a Friday seems really unlikely maybe it was, it was after, after a certain time at night <laughs> it was after sundown and uh, it was a Hasidic Jewish community well I mean it, it could be a, after a certain time at no, night because at least here in no, New Hampshire you no. can't buy it would have to be after way after at night I mean no what I mean is it would be like after like in New Hampshire it's eleven forty five is the cutoff time for the sales at night I don't know what it is in Connecticut but maybe it was after sales time time and I, I mean, i'm trying to give this woman some credit here as to why she this ended lady up sounds like a hot mess to me yeah <laughs> I mean, she's, she's I, a mess she, it's not a bottle of hand sanitizer is not intoxicating liquor though so based on the way a lot of these laws are written if you if you drive around drunk because you're drinking hand sanitizer it might be legal it, you might have a very good argument to make that you're not drinking. You're not drinking intoxicating liquor. You're drinking intoxicating hand sanitizer. I think and, the craziest part of this is is that um, marijuana remains illegal yes. in Connecticut. <laughs> yes. I mean, this lady drank what thirty two shots of vodka worth of hand sanitizer, yeah. and they didn't give her any charge for it. Just the drunk driving charge. Um, whereas if she smoked some weed, they'd have taken her to jail for it. Eight five five four fifty free. The sake. CAI toll-free line. You can share your thoughts. Have you ever drank hand sanitizer? You can bring up anything you want. Hour number three is on the way. Take control. This is Free Talk Live. A science fiction comic adventure from Big Head Press. Quantum Vibe. It's year 2523. There are colonies on Venus, Mars, and Mercury. People travel in bubbles, fly at hyperspeed. With brain implants and artificial gravity. A scientific genius 
sent his clever assistant to set out on an adventure through the solar system on a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. Quantum five. There's a robot girl and zany creatures made with genetically engineered features and corporate villains crave the opportunity to steal a profit from mother's ingenuity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system on a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. Quantum This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Bradley. And Mark. Hey, don't forget, over at freetalklive.com, you actually get to control the content on the website. So all the items you see as you scroll down the front page, those were all submitted by listeners like you. And then voted upon by listeners like you. So you can go, if you've got something you found online that you think is interesting or fun or useful, exciting, whatever, you submit it. It appears on the upcoming stories page. It will then stay on the upcoming stories page until it reaches a certain number of votes. And then once it reaches that number of votes, it will be promoted to the front and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. So head over there. Get interactive. Once again, freetalklive.com. Mark, you had a news story tonight that uh, you wanted to share with us about the police and fundraising. Yeah, this is actually a blog post over at uh, LouRockwell.com and okay, the, uh, the Lou Rockwell LRC blog. Mm-hmm. It's entitled Scary Police Call, and it's by uh, Daniel McAdams. I just received this from October the 15th, so a few days ago. I just received a very frightening call from the police. And it's in quote marks. Hello, Mr. M. This is the police, the Police Protection League. This call is being recorded for accuracy. We are the only charitable organization that does not use outside contractors to make fundraising calls. And Hmm. he puts in a note, that means I'm actually talking to a cop who's recording my responses. Mm Mm-hmm. We are calling to raise money for officers killed in the line of duty. I'm sending you, and I support the police decal, and you can return the envelope with a contribution. Is that okay? (laughs) He says, I mean, just stop and think about this for a second. It's bad enough when you're getting the calls that you know are made, being made from pimply-faced, unemployed, uh, you know, just shy of unemployed, uh, you know, phone callers uh, raising money for the yeah, they're telemarketers. I mean, yeah. normally, normally the police benevolent association or whichever organization it is that's doing the fundraising will hire some sort of telemarketer to make those calls for them. What you're saying is this organization prides itself on not doing that and actually has the officers work the phones. Uh, that's the I claim. say good for them for putting those cops on the phones, man. That's the claim, but I mean, this is pretty stifling stuff. I mean, I had a situation here that I was telling you guys during the in the off hours where the sheriff of uh, the county that we're in mm-hmm. is running for a Senate seat, a state Senate seat. Right. And this is the same guy who banned me and a bunch of uh, activist friends from the courthouse. Yes, not me. And he 
was is out campaigning today. He and did threaten you, though, personally, when you were out front of the courthouse uh, reporting for Free Keen TV and threatened you with arrest if you went inside. I think it's an ultimatum um, in that circumstance. But yes, he, okay, fine. Uh, he said that if you go in with your cameras, I'm going to take the cameras or something like that. I can't remember. He said you'd be, under, you'd be arrested. Okay. Uh, I had no intention of taking... They weren't my cameras right. because I was working for the local TV station, so I couldn't do that. So Just saying. This is the same guy. Yep, that's him. So here he is walking up the the pathway on the side of my house. Mm -hmm. He's campaigning door to door, and he's walking up the pathway of my house. Now, Is he there as the sheriff, or is he there as Dick Foote? Well, he was there. He's both, right? Right, because he's on duty, right? How can he be anything but that? So he's campaigning for the the states or the the state senate Mm -hmm. position that is in. I'm in that district, and. I will go ahead and admit right here on the air. I voted for him. I thought it was a really, jeez. Oh, I thought it was a really, uh, you know, the, the, I wasn't. I'm going to go cancel your vote. I wasn't really. <laughs> I know you're going to go vote for the other person, but I mean, are you proud of the person you're voting for? Not at all. Right. That's this was one of those situations where I mean, I'm just dealing with your average, you know, Republican against your. There's no average libertarian Democrat. in this race either. Right. This, it's nothing. just those two. So I could have chosen not to vote, but this guy was going to be is going to be better on um, education issues, and so. I figure if if my check if I've I have got a check I'll, I'll go with the devil I know. Yeah. Well, you you care more about weed. You could care less about my son. Uh, the right that I have to educate my son, you care all about uh, being You have able a right to, to educate your son. What's that? You have a right to educate your son. Yes. Yeah, but the state's going to get in the, the state's happy to get in the way Tell of Tell him to go to hell. I hear Pound you. Pound sand. Yeah. So that you're going to go Article 10. Right to revolution. Yeah. That's I'm sure that'll be successful. Brad'll help you with it. <laughs> Brad, Thank you. What? I don't want to volunteer you, Brad. I can't do that. But Brad's really into this Article 10 thing, which uh, is something that New Hampshire has. I don't know how many other states have this, uh, but the Article 10 uh, New Hampshire Constitution essentially says that the people have a right to revolution. Like if there's a clear differentiation between two, you know, two classes of men, them versus us, that it's you can go right ahead and have yourself a, re- a personal revolution. And the reason why I like it so much is because there's very little case law on it. So when you go in and you make your legal argument about whatever it is you're charged with and you ground it in Article 10, you can I mean, you can make a lot of original arguments because people, you know, ever since the 1700s, people haven't been using this article very frequently in court and um there, you know, there is substantial evidence that people are dealt with by the government in, uh, you know, disproportionate ways, and that's not the way the system's supposed to work. Now, I didn't intend to get on the uh, the defensive on what my vote was in this particular election, but this guy was walking up the path, and um, I've got to say that I was out there feeding my pigs. Uh, it was that just happened to be that time of day, and I got to say I felt a little intimidated that the sheriff of the county was walking up my path wearing a tie, and I mean, you know, he was in better clothing than I was. I mean, you know, during the day, I'm a pig farmer among uh, other things, and. Uh, you know, I, I just I, I just felt a little intimidated. Mm-hmm. If those had been pot plants instead of pigs in that pen, would he have been using that information? My house isn't exactly visible from the road, so you know that's that's kind of how I felt. And I can and I am your average law abiding citizen. How what must it feel like to somebody who you know he needs to use marijuana for pain or something like that? If they get a call like this person got got from the uh, the police where they say this is a fundraising call. I'm a cop and I'm recording this. Let me go on with the, the uh, blog post here. He says, whoa, what does one say in such a situation? I very carefully and politely backed myself out of the situation with a quick, thank you very much, but I can't help you. But it left me chilled. Hmm. My response is recorded. They know where I live. 
Where will it end up? Uh, he puts it pretty up. paranoid. You think? Yeah. I, I don't think, think it is. Paranoid. I don't think it is at all. I mean, you think they're going to make a list of people that turn him down and then go and harass him? I suppose it could happen. I, I, look, no one wants to make these calls, mm-hmm. and specifically if you, you know, use the opportunity to say, "Well, look, uh, you know, I'll I'll start supporting you guys when uh, when you stop arresting peaceful people like you would do." Yep. What do you think? You don't think they're going to remember that? And I don't care. You hang up on them and cuss them out or whatever. You don't think that? I mean, if you get pulled over by this same officer that evening, how do you think <laughs> it's going to go? He's liable to remember your name. Mm-hmm. He just called it. Mm. He repeated it when he spoke it to you. Then you get him on the stand and you ask him all sorts of questions about it. Yeah, they all knew who I am anyway, so it doesn't phase me. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't bother you, but I think the average individual with the idea of uh, you know police officers calling them doing fundraising, this is totally not appropriate. Yeah, I say man up. I mean, you know, you've got to get out. If you believe in the ideas of freedom, then at some point you should do something about it. And if all we're talking about here is just telling a cop, no, you don't want his free uh, sticker, that's not exactly going to put you on the radar. I, I mean, come on, really? Right, then that's what I, I mean, would do. Go out, do civil disobedience. You're going to get put on the radar. Go out and speak out against the police in public. You're going to get put on the radar. But just saying no thanks to an offer on why don't the phone, you, why don't I don't you, know if I'd Why don't you take on. the free sticker? Right. Well, for most one, people will. <laughs> you assume, you, for one, you assume that the sticker will be sent quickly um, and easily. Like, yes, I'll take your free sticker. Thank you. Goodbye. You think that it's going to go like that, and it's probably, oh, then I'm going to have to have your address, and uh, you know, how much do you think you're going to be able to donate? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they, they're going to, they've got mm-hmm. a bunch of other closing More questions. questions. I'm going to have to ask you to allow me to give me your credit card numbers. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that. There's a couple of different things that one can do. The, apparently, some lawyer here says that uh, um, to, to say, I do not consent to this recording. Please stop recording. Uh, the policeman, okay, I, uh, can I count on you? I can't talk to you. I have to refer this matter to my attorney because you recorded part of the call. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> That's what a lawyer says to say. That's a pretty good one. I could, You could just as easily say, oh, I got to go. Uh, go ahead and send the sticker. Bye. And- Brad, what would you do? You got one of these calls. I would just say I'm not interested. Thank you. Yeah, have I mean, a nice I'd, day. You know, I would not want to. I wouldn't be crippled in fear after uh, receiving that phone call. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. But then again, the you know average blogger at LouRockwell.com probably doesn't have any experience interacting with the police. And Brad and I were old hat at it. Eight five five four fifty free. Your thoughts are welcome. It's free talk live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest liberty forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features we share with you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. 
We have the listening options that are waiting for you. We've got live streams, broadband, midband, narrowband versions of the show. Click and listen to whichever one fits your internet connection speed the best. Listen.freetalklive.com will take you there. Also, our over 110 radio stations on board with the show, AM and FM across the country. You can get a list of those over at listen.freetalklive.com. Our satellite listening choices, including XM satellite radio, as well as our free-to-air KU band channel. There's also the webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance over at listen freetalklive.com get tuned in so i just read an article today about bitcoins is uh, that apparently 78% of the little over 10 million bitcoins in existence today are basically in savings accounts they're in accounts where money's being moved in and not being moved out and uh, you know somebody did some kind of study on this and i find it very interesting it's the other you know, I guess that some of those seventy-eight percent aren't in savings accounts. They could be lost, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because there's nothing happening with them. But um, it so you know that leaves another twenty-three percent or something like that that are actually in motion out Which there. Which is basically what's creating the value in them, right? It's the, the them trading back and forth yeah. and volatility, or not volatility, but volume is increasing all the time with uh, bitcoins, and so that's just being done with those twenty-three percent. Mm. I can only imagine when Bitcoin is so much more usable. I mean, right now we're on the horizon of uh, apparently three of the major 25 major websites in the world testing out Bitcoins, taking them. Um, Rumor has it. That's, it's in an article. You know, I mean, some, yeah. some article says that, it, that that may very well be happening. And I can only imagine when people can use Bitcoins much more easily, uh, what it's going to be like. Currently, you can buy things from Amazon by going to it's a btcbuy.com. Ian, is that right? Was it .com? I think uh, it's btcbuy.com. That's one okay. of our uh, our sponsors. Should know these things. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Okay, great. I, I feel like I do. So um, you can go there and do your your buying. But uh, I think you should get bitcoins. I really think that they're going to continue to go it's up. Btcbuy.info. Oh God, miserable. Yeah. Btcbuy.info. Shame. Shame. Shame on you. Give them a free bonus. <laughs> that was a free bonus. They didn't pay for that. <laughs> btcbuy.info. Anyway. Now, that lets you get uh, Bitcoin or lets you buy pretty much whatever over like Amazon with Bitcoin. And several different other. Yeah. Um, it's like Barnes Sears, & Noble, I think it was in there. Barnes & Noble. Right. Uh, you know, several other sites. Uh, you can even charge your, your mobile phone. Not charge it. Really charge smart it, idea. Re, re, redo your sort of uh, track phone and that kind of thing. So anyway, uh, go get your Bitcoins. You can find out more at weusecoins.org. You can buy them at bitinstant.com. Let's go to Nicholas, listening in northern Minnesota to WNMT. Hey, Nicholas. Hi, how are you doing today? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, actually, your Bitcoin thing I want to comment about first, but then after that I'd like to talk about the gay and lesbian thing. All right. Um, First off, the Bitcoin has the potential to be the one world currency. It potentially... But if it ever is a one-world currency, it's because people chose it on their own individual volition, and it wasn't pushed down on anyone by force by a government, which would make it uh, the best. Absolutely. I just was making the comment that that's a possibility, and uh, who knows where it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. The gay and lesbian thing, I find to be a very slippery slope. Um, what's, what's the next step when it ends up happening? I mean, next time... They come around with a lawsuit. Maybe it's going to be your average Joe that doesn't have an education saying, oh, you're discriminating against me because I don't have an education. You're hiring guys that have education. 
Well, in this case, it's um, th- this isn't about discrimination in that way. the The suggestion is is that um, that that people should be able to contract, whether it's uh, opposite sex or same sex, and that they should get the same rights as other people that do. I don't think you, as an employer, if you employ anybody, should be obligated to provide uh, you know a same sex couple with the same services that you do an opposite sex couple because i don't think that uh you know private companies are the same as the government the government however makes everybody pay for it and i think it should recognize everybody's contract to live together whereas you know qualifications for doing a job are somewhat different i think it's a slippery slope in the area of say well if you're going to let the gays get married then you can let the polygamists get married to as many people as they want and i support that too I don't have any problem with that. I, I assume we just call it a civil union so that uh, the religious folks don't get all upset about it. it. This is a really tough situation when you start getting into the legalities of it, one way or the other, uh, however they are, because if the the government should have never got into the business of handing out pieces of paper called marriage licenses in the first place. Um, they did it on a large scale basically after the Civil War in order to prevent white people from marrying black people. They just didn't like that, and so they wanted to prevent that from happening. As a matter of fact, when I got married six years ago or seven years, eight years, I don't know, ago um, – I had to fill out. They wanted my race and my wife's race on the form. I refused to give it to them, and we ended up being business race, which apparently is a, a one of the options in Sarasota, Florida. But um, you know, this is this thing still goes on where they're still asking you about your races, and you know, at the very least, tracking who's getting married and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's disturbing. Okay. Other than that, I just want to say thank you and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the call tonight. 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. So if in New Hampshire, for instance, if New Hampshire was to do away with all marriage licenses... That'd be awesome. Well, it would be awesome, you think, but I don't know whether it necessarily would or not. Who would get married in New Hampshire? People would actually leave New Hampshire to get married in order to get a piece of paper so that their marriage could be recognized in the other countries around the world in the other 49 states. That is true. I mean, if you have at that point, your marriage doesn't mean anything to anybody in the other forty-nine well, why, states. Why can't the world. I get a certificate from the church that married me? Because it doesn't mean anything to the other governments. Yeah. Because the other government, because government got involved, inserted itself in the position, it wouldn't do anything if New Hampshire decided, okay, that's it, we don't give out marriage licenses anymore. Mm. It would actually be a, a disservice to the citizens of New Hampshire. Don't well, forget where marriage licenses came from in the first place. I mean, they were, if I'm not. Please correct me if 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 you've heard differently, but weren't they originally instituted to keep white women from marrying black men? In some in some yeah. cases, uh, yeah. It's I true. mean, they they certainly existed in other places prior to that, but they on whole on a wholesale scale. So, Mark, I mean, you're making an argument here to keep the government in marriage. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you the realities. Okay, so then you do support ha- having the government get out of marriage. I support the government as an as an agency, the the state as an agency getting out of marriage. Uh-huh. But I support it all around. I mean, right. it would be one thing if every you're not going to st- be able to affect the, the whole country, though. Nope. And so, therefore, I don't have a. I you know, I'm I really don't have an opinion when it comes to New Hampshire. I don't even know what the solution is. Okay. The Gordian knot is so tight. As a state representative, would you vote to eliminate if uh, if a bill came forward to eliminate the government's bureaucracy of marriage or whatever it's called? Uh, would you do it? Would it diminish the uh, the size of the state and um, the costs uh, the, the costs uh, to the taxpayer? 
Presumably it would, right? They're getting a budget, right? Then I would. Unless they're all user fee supported. Would that be like a middle ground? Like, okay, well, you can keep doing this, bureaucrats, but it all has to be based on user fees? A representative came up, uh, a Free State Project member representative came up with an idea, and I think that it's probably the best one out there. Uh, Are you going to share that idea with us? 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can certainly bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control. This is Free Talk Live. Coming up, Drunk Contractors. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone, 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. Free Talk Live, 1-855-450-3733. You can give us a call, talk about whatever's on your mind, 855-450-FREE. And check out the archives at archives.freetalklive.com. We give to you free six years worth of Free Talk Live it's completely free. I don't know what other commercial radio program does that for you. I think it's pretty rare. And uh, you can go get those archives completely free at archives.freetalklive.com. Also, if you want to get some precious metals, the way to go about getting those precious metals is to go to gold.freetalklive.com. Uh, gold.freetalklive.com allows you to not only get the precious metals that you need to have in your hand in case of, I don't know, uh, as a hedge against inflation or an investment or barter currency, whatever the reason is that you might want to have uh, precious metals. But you get some really great prices at gold.freetalklive.com and you're helping Free Talk Live in the process. Again, it's gold.freetalklive.com. Now, in the uh, the previous segment there... Uh, uh, Bradley, we were talking about uh, marriage and how it has been the marriage license has been used in the past as a uh, a tool to exclude certain people from uh, you know choosing to contract to live together and love each other. Yeah. Um, early on uh, with the marriage license, George and Martha Washington didn't have a marriage license. Uh, they they you know some preacher signed it in their Bible and that was good enough for them. They lived like they were married for the rest of their lives, even though the government didn't tell them. King George didn't send over a certificate and tell them they were married um, here in the uh, the colonies. But as time went by, obviously government's going to insert itself as often as it can because, oh, look, there's free money. These people want legitimacy to their marriage. Well, we can just give them a license. And then uh, post-Civil War, there were people that might want to get married that might be different colors. We can't have the black people having sex with our white women. And so they had to, uh, you know, ways to exclude that from happening. And the marriage license was a really great way from do- of, of doing that. Even currently, you're, uh, you'll see a marriage licenses. They ask for, for race, which I define with the history of marriage licenses to be a, a stifling thing. I, I find it disturbing that they would uh, even ask your race, but they did when, when they did mine. And now marriage, uh, the marriage license, it's coming to uh, you're coming to uh, a head that ma- the marriage license is being used to keep gay couples from uh, being, uh, you know, buried and, and just like regular straight couples. The way they do it, though, is they ground their argument, they being the government. The government argues that it has a important interest in um, 
promoting the idea of the normal family. And by normal, I, I mean... Who knows what they mean? Yeah, I, I, forgive me. I shouldn't have used that they word. They don't mean anything nice. <laughs> uh, right. They, what they mean is the typical husband, wife, two kids, 2.5 kids, and a dog. And um, so that's what they argue, that, look, you know, families, the government should promote families, and this is how we do it. And unfortunately, while you're promoting families of heterosexual people, you have to uh, discriminate against people who are homosexual. And that's why it needs to end. So I've been over here on the phones uh, trying to raise somebody, Mark, that you suggested we have on the line to discuss this. You had wanted to tell us about a piece of legislation. Right. Here in New Hampshire, we're the the only state in the union that has legalized same-sex marriage through the legislature. Mm. And uh, the rest of it's all been ballot measures and such? I think it's all been uh, court measures. Oh, really? Through courts. Okay. Um, the, probably the person on the line can answer this better. All right. This Seth is- Cohn, who is one of the bloggers at freekeen.com, also a state representative, Free State Project participant all around, uh, busy activist guy. Uh, and you do some sort of work as well with software, right, Seth? I do. I do. But you're right. I stay very politically active. I just got back from a town meeting where, despite the fact that I'm not running for re-election, somebody who is couldn't make it and ask me to be their proxy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you, uh, actually, you're absolutely correct, Mark. The answer is New Hampshire is the only state that's done it through the legislature. That's huge. Every other uh, state that has same-sex marriages because a judge said, you can't go ahead and stop gay people from getting married. We're going to interpret the law to allow it, so fix it or else. Hmm. Um, New Hampshire was the only one that did not have the ju- judicial branch forcing it. Um, and in fact, that's a great thing. It shows that New Hampshire is ahead of the curve because, you know, we just had the Defense of Marriage Act struck down as unconstitutional right. by a federal judge. Well, yeah, um, in, in, I in think particular. It's clear that this is the, that we're on the right side of history at this point. So. And that's at a particular circuit, and I, that's what we're talking about here on the show. I know you probably weren't listening. We just kind of grabbed you real quick <laughs> because <laughs> the reason is, is um, you introduced a piece of legislation. Somehow in New Hampshire, there's still a certain amount of discrimination going, going on against uh, gay couples, and you had a piece of legislation that would essentially make the license the same for (laughs) gays and straights. Can you help me with that? I did. So, well, you're confusing a couple of things. So the situation is— I have no doubt. um, Yeah. So, So New Hampshire does still have marriage licenses. I put a bill in to say, let's get the state out of it entirely. That was one bill we had. Okay. And the reason being is, I'm sure your listeners are well aware, the state does not need to be involved in your relationship, and there's no good excuse for why it is. And I said, let's get the state out of it altogether. Okay. And the funny thing was, I had people on the left who said, hmm, maybe. And I had people on the right who said maybe, but it was everybody's second choice. And so we continued having these fights about marriage, and the legislature here in New Hampshire for the last two years has been strongly Republican. And, of course, the social conservatives said, we need to stop those gays from getting married. They're living with each other. (laughs) And so we had this whole fight over whether or not we should reverse things back to allowing only straight people to get married and not allow gay people to get married. And so that fight was rather interesting because, of course— being the libertarian type I am, I said, well, what does this really come down to? And so it came down to, you had a couple of places we could go. If you start talking about how interracial marriage used to be a problem, everybody puts their hands over their ears and says, la, 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 I'm not a racist. This is different. Yeah. Yep. And so we realized that wasn't the approach that was going to work. So I said, let's really put the cards on the table. And I put in an amendment to the bill that said, if we're going to stop gay people from getting married, let's 
one left-handed person from marrying another left-handed person, that makes just as much sense. It makes just as much sense. What? You're making a mockery of us. And I said, no, gentlemen, you're making a mockery of yourselves. So now, now that and, and, and by the way, gr- that did not succeed the proposal to end gay marriage in New Hampshire. It uh, it went down in flames, and went a lot down of down in flames. We had we had more Republicans voting against it than voting for it, which was great. That's, so that's it really good news. Said that, that neither Republicans nor Democrats in New Hampshire want to go back to the way it was, where only straight people could be married. So. And I think that's an awesome thing. But you had a, there was another piece of legislation out there, I believe, that made another kind of license situation that basically. It was the same license for everybody. If I'm not uh, misremembering this, no, and the so reason you're is misremembering because that on. was the other bill I, I brought up, which is the goal was to get government out of the licensing business. Mm-hmm. And the first step to that was to say, what is marriage? Well, it's really a relationship between two people. Let's stop discriminating as to what those two people's relationship is, and allow anybody, any two people, to have a. Uh, domestic union. That's it. Yeah. And give the title marriage back to the churches, etc. Get government out of it. So who, where would who would give this d- domestic union, and how would someone? Because the problem is with this getting the government out of marriage in New Hampshire is is basically anybody who wants their marriage recognized by any government around the world is going to go to Vermont, Massachusetts, or Maine in order to get married because they want they can't get a marriage license in New Hampshire, right? Well, no, because what the bill specifically did was it said for the purposes of every other state, etc. This is the same thing as a marriage, but we don't call it a marriage. We only do right. domestic unions. But okay. that would be a state-issued state, a state issued domestic union? It would be union? a state-issued one, but, and, and it would be a set of, of government-granted rights and responsibilities. It would essentially be a, a set of contracts, but it would be a standard set of contracts. And it was sort of a stepping stone, because the idea is eventually you want to get the government out of it altogether. I hear you. You know, what goes on between you and your partner is between the two of you and maybe a lawyer. Why is the government getting involved at all? But, you know, you have to wean the system away, and this was a way to start weaning that process. Take the word marriage, give it back to churches, give it back to culture, and take it away from government. And even that was too far a stretch at this point. But I will tell you, the bill is coming back. I'm not running again, but there are other legislators who are running, who are going to bring it back. Well, Seth, look forward to to having... Your continual analysis, uh, both on the air here and over at freekeen.com. Uh, you're doing a great job Absolutely, blogging Ian, always there. glad to be on. Thanks, Seth. Appreciate your time tonight. You took some time out of your schedule, and we just so totally surprised you with the call. So thanks for, uh, for taking time with us. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain, but enough time for you and your thoughts. If you dial in now, 855-453-FREE. The number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Do enjoy the features that uh, await you there. Once again, 
freetalklive.com. You like the show? Want to help support Free Talk Live? Shop with us. Head over to shop.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through the links you'll find there. There's Amazon UK, Canada, and US. Click into the right Amazon for you. Get your shopping taken care of. Pretty much anything you buy, Free Talk Live is going to get a portion of that purchase price. So just start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Whether it's holiday stuff that you need to pick up or you just want to get something for you, you can do that at shop.freetalklive.com and Free Talk Live benefits. So you get what you want. You get a great price, delivery to your door, the same great Amazon experience you're used to, free super saver shipping on a whole lot of their brand new items, the huge selection, all the user reviews. It's the Amazon that you're used to. You're just entering through our affiliate portal. Once again, go to shop.freetalklive.com. So we talked earlier about a woman drinking uh, a bottle, apparently half a bottle, and we don't know what size the bottle was, but half of a bottle of hand sanitizer in order to get drunk. And usually people are drinking hand sanitizer because they can't find anything else. It's, it's usually think. a last-ditch sort of uh, effort. Uh, you know, the stores are closed. Somebody really is an you know, alcoholic. They have to have something. They crack open the Listerine. They crack open the hand sanitizer and down the hatch. Uh, but in the case of the uh, contractors over in Afghanistan, they've got access to all kinds of stuff. According to uh, ABC News, cell phone video recorded earlier this year at an operations center of a U.S. defense contractor in Kabul appears to show key personnel staggeringly drunk or high on narcotics. And what former employees say was a pattern of outrageous behavior that put American lives at risk and went undetected by U.S. military officials who are supposed to oversee such contractors. The video provided to ABC News by two former employees is scheduled to be broadcast in a report on ABC World News. Uh, asked if a response to an attack by terrorists would have been possible during the event seen on the video, one of the former employees told uh, Brian Ross, no, sir. Questions posed by ABC News to the Pentagon have sparked a criminal investigation by the U.S. Army. The contractor, Virginia-based George Scientific, or Jorge Scientific, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, has won almost $1 billion in U.S. government contracts. The company says it has taken decisive action to correct the unacceptable behavior of a limited number of employees and that several of them seen on the video are no longer employed by Jorge Scientific. The use of alcohol or illegal drugs by the U.S. contractors in Afghanistan is prohibited by the military under what is known as General Order Number 1. Yet the former employees told ABC News they saw no evidence of oversight of the company by American military officials and that at least one U.S. Army major, a female, was a regular visitor to the drunken parties at the facility, often using one room for sexual encounters. So apparently the uh, military's agent that was going to this particular location, or at least one of their agents, was engaging in the hijinks and possibly uh, having sex with some of the men who are seen in these, uh, these videos. And by the way, the, you know, the men are shirtless and partying and uh, just having themselves a good old time. Wow. Sounds like a lot of fun. But don't worry. Don't worry, America. It's just an isolated occurrence. <laughs> it's only these few people in this one location that, that got would, caught that would ever behave. No, Brad, no one else in our organization would behave like this in or out of the military. This is just a few bad apples. Clearly, this would not happen anywhere else, or otherwise we'd hear about it all over the place, right? We do hear about it all over the place. Well, you know, this is one of those situations where the government has no incentive to catch themselves doing these things. You, and, and certainly, if they do catch themselves doing these things, has 
no incentive in letting that information out. So, uh, you know, they, they can certainly f- find out these things are going on, and some commander can say, start cracking some skulls and saying, you're on potato peeling duty. Mm-hmm. If I ever see some crap like this again or whatever, but I, th- I think these are contractors and they really couldn't do anything about the contractors, right? Right. It was the contractor, uh, the employees, two former employees, John Melson and Kenny Smith, say the video documents, uh, documents allegation they've made in a lawsuit against George Scientific. They endangered George employees, the U.S. mission, and U.S. military personnel, claims the suit. They worked as Army security officers for three and five months, respectively, in Kabul as part of a $47 million contract that the organization had under the U.S. legacy program to train Afghan national police in counterinsurgency efforts. Both men say they quit the company in disgust and out of concern that their own safety was being compromised by the behavior that they (laughs) describe. You mean drunk people with guns is not safe? Yeah, well, actually, that's what they're po- pointing out here is that there's just firearms laying around in uh, some of these videos, and these people are wasted. Uh, it was going against everything that we were trying to do over there, said Melson. The video shows the security manager for the company staggering about the operations center late one evening after taking large gulps of vodka and then engaging another employee in a half-naked wrestling match. It was like a frat house for adults, said Melson. Some of them to the point where they were passing out. There's firearms laying around, some of them still carrying firearms on them. Another portion of the video shows the company's medical officer with glassy eyes and unable to respond to a request for help after shooting up with a prescription anesthetic, ketamine. Holy macaroni. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. It's horse tranquilizers. That's pretty serious uh, hallucinogenic experience there from what I understand. Well, ketamine (sighs) is uh, uh, phencyclidine. It's uh, like angel dust. Told of the evidence... Uh, My mouth got numb when I just heard that. That's This is the medical officer. Yeah. Yep. I mean, oh God. Apparently, when told of the existence of the video, the officer, Kevin Carlson, admitted to ABC News that he frequently injected himself with narcotics. He said it was getting to be such a nightmare. Just living in that place, I needed to get away, said Carlson, who was among the employees dismissed by the company earlier this year. He's away now. Now living in Germany, Carlson said there was a massive drug there was massive drug and alcohol abuse at George Scientific's facility involving executives, armed security personnel, and himself. So he's he's alleging that this was systemic throughout the organization. You know, the high end guys were getting high too. I, I, according I, to him, and they got paid. I found yeah. what he's say, find what he's saying believable, in that he says that he was trying to get his mind off of it. I mean, the the fact is that. Right now, the Army is experiencing more suicides than they are battlefield deaths. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to say something about what's going on in Afghanistan and uh, in, inside the, the military and it, it, as a whole. That's pretty scary stuff. There, more people are killing themselves than the enemy is. He says, if I try to hide what I did, it doesn't make me look very good anyway, so I'd rather just be honest about what happened. The whistleblowers say the company's senior on-site executive, Chris Sullivan, often organized and led the heavy drinking gatherings with a loaded pistol tucked into his pants. Smith says Sullivan pushed hard for everyone to join in the excessive drinking, and those who would not were cowards. He called us a bunch of pussies, said Smith. The video shows Sullivan at a blazing bonfire in an outdoor patio. <laughs> Jesus. Like a non-stop party. <laughs> God. The outdoor patio of the operations center, whose location was supposed to be covert because of this. <laughs> do they like? Do they have like an all-inclusive bracelet that when you show up there? 
Oh, man. Yeah, nothing gives away your location like a blazing bonfire. <laughs> In fireworks, probably. Right. Good so Lord. much for their covert location due to their sensitive mission. It. The former employee, Melson, said there was nothing covert with bringing all that added attention. Afghanistan is not the time or the place to be carrying on like that. <laughs> Apparently it was. And yeah, and how really long gotta, did this go on for? Right, and, and it's been going on under these people's noses. I mean, this is uh, Army officers are coming there and... Getting laid. Pumping. Yeah. I mean, so how many how many places is this kind of thing going on? How are they getting the vodka, too? I, I'm really wondering about... Uh, they can buy it. I mean, it's for sale, likely in lo- local villages and things like that. In and, or Afghanistan? Ship it in. Or uh, ship it in. They were having a terrible time getting this stuff in. These are supposed to be Muslim countries where they don't have well, that. It's all about who you know, Mark. Yeah. Uh, so according to uh, in, one of the in uh, Vietnam, they were smuggling heroin out to the United States. <laughs> uh, now in Afghanistan, they're smuggling alcohol in. Sullivan said he no longer works at George Scientific. Declined to speak with the ABC News. That was the head guy that was throwing all the parties. I declined the too. Whistleblowers say the drunken and stone security personnel would often throw live ammunition rounds and fire extinguishers into the flames. <laughs> oh, oh my God! They're and shooting up ketamine as they and tossing rounds into the fire. These, I mean, this is Russian roulette. America, this is your tax dollars at, at work. work. Kenny Smith, one of the complaining parties, said it wasn't every night. It was every other night. <laughs> they needed a day off to recuperate. I'll bet they did. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Oh, my head hurts just thinking about this place. Scott's in Ithaca listening to WNYY. Scott, go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, just to, I just tuned you guys in, and I was listening. Some of those things are abominable. I was in the military. I was in the Army for six years. I, I blew the whistle on something, and the Military Whistleblower Protection Act has, like, no teeth. Yeah. So I got crushed like a bug, first yep. of all. I believe yep. it. Um, you know, I mean, just crushed. Absolutely crushed. So it still needs still needs a lot of work. Um, when people blow the whistle on legitimate things like that, um, they need to be massive. Yeah, this isn't going to stop anything. It's just an outrageous story that will outrage a number of people for a short period of time, and then, of course, all the parties will continue in Afghanistan. I thank you for the call, Scott. We're out of time tonight. Thanks. But we're back tomorrow. You can join us online in the meantime over at freetalklive.com. I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. Who told you you can You can do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring time into the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable me. here, actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, hey. 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 have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. Available now free in HD. See it now at victimlesscrimespree.com.